Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Vegas Therapist. I am your host, Ryan Winder. And remember, what's happening in Vegas is not staying in Vegas, as I bring you helpful tips and all sorts of topic areas, with a Vegas twist of course. So let's get the show started. Welcome in everybody, it's good to have you back for another episode of The Vegas Therapist. I'm your host, Ryan Winder. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I've got a great show for you today. Um, I know it's been a bit, and like I promised last time, I will not promise uh, the amount of of episodes I will continue to put out, but I'm still working on it. Uh, I've also been working hard on my 14-day marriage challenge, which is getting closer to launching. All the videoing, all the recordings done. Uh, it's just a matter of getting the website set up and getting it up for sale. So look for that hopefully close to mid-June, uh, maybe sooner, just depending on how quick I can get it up and going uh, with all the technical stuff. But really excited about that. I've put a lot of effort into making those videos and the 14-day challenge. And I think your relationship um, will be enhanced greatly by going through the challenge. I think it doesn't matter if you've been married one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff in there and you will uh, definitely not be disappointed uh, in purchasing that. So um, like I said, excited about that. Uh, sorry, it's been a little bit, but uh, priorities with that in my free time trying to do that. But I wanted to and I felt bad if I did not do an episode this month as it is Mental Health Awareness Month. So this one might be quick. But I felt like it was necessary to do something during this month uh, because it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so I just wanted to take a few minutes and talk about uh, taking care of our mental health. And so I just came up with four or five things that we can do to improve and to take care of our mental health. And that's what we're going to be talking about. So get ready for that. Um, the first one is simply just treating yourself with kindness and respect and trying to avoid self-criticism. So there's a lot in that first one, but ultimately uh, we just want to be better to ourselves. You know, I'm going to talk a little bit about that later in a different way, but, but ultimately treating ourselves with kindness, you know, not criticizing, criticizing ourselves uh, for whatever mistakes that we might make or things of that nature. But also at the same time, you know, in treating ourselves with kindness, that's also a way that we can make time for our hobbies, our favorite projects, things that we enjoy. That is another way that we can treat ourselves with kindness by doing the things that really bring us happiness. And sometimes, you know, when our mental health suffers, uh, so do those things that we enjoy. We kind of put those away or we don't have the energy or feel like doing those things, uh, which is kind of a little bit, you know, of a difficult dichotomy there because those things can help us feel better but it can be hard to muster up the desire to do them. So try to maintain a level of, of self-kindness, treating yourself in that way and make time for those hobbies and, and favorite projects that you have. This, the second one, which I think is one of the most important ones, uh, I know it's been a great thing for me in my life, is just to surround ourselves with good people. Uh, people, and this is, this is uh, facts, I guess, um, people with strong families or social connections are generally healthier than those who lack a support network, which sounds obvious, but I mean, ultimately that is what it is. You know, if we have good people around us, we're likely to feel better, be better, 
uh, be more healthy, but it's not, you know, it's not, um, you know, it's not a given. And the other thing is too, is we have to be willing to utilize those relationships as well, as far as, you know, helping us maybe through difficult things, using people, not using, that sounds bad, but utilizing those people for, uh, maybe stress relief, sounding boards, different things like that. Um, there's also a few points I, I thought that are important to kind of make with this one, which is the fact that on the opposite end is that, you know, I think sometimes we, you know, from the outside, we can be critical when we see people set boundaries with, or even, you know, cut certain people out of their lives, people that they may consider to be toxic, people who can have a major impact on their mental health. And that is a reality, you know, people who, you know, you would think uh, would be close to us or people that have what might seem like a, um, an important relationship in our lives, or at least that's the, the role that they should play or could play. Um, we may find ourselves having to cut them out of our lives because they are toxic and they are draining to our mental health. So I think it's important that we don't judge that because we can't decide for others um, what that looks like or what their toleration for that is. And, but just know it, it can be a benefit to your mental health when you do set boundaries with others, um, that may be close to you and you limit maybe your contact or limit the type of things you talk about or the amount of things you talk about or the amount of times you talk to somebody. Uh, cause maybe it's not always like a, an all or nothing thing. It could just be like, Hey, I can only handle this person in small doses or something of that nature. And so I just have to limit the amount of times that I, that I talk with them. So that, that all that stuff factors into surrounding ourselves with good people and making sure that we're taking care of our mental health when it comes to others. The second one, again, more obvious, but good people, um, obviously have the opposite effect on us and can be a value to our mental health. And so I wanted just to play you this little clip that I, found on TikTok with Colin Cowherd, who I like listening to sometimes, but I just want to play you this clip and just go from there. Crisis in your crisis in your life, who would you call at three in the morning? Even if you knew they had work in the morning, who would you call? That's your foxhole friend. That's the friend you call when you're in trouble. Get you out of jail, get you to the airport, get you to the hospital. I had to call one of those a couple years ago. Jimmy Butler. All right. So who's your foxhole person? Who's the person that you know you have in your life that you can go to at any time, in any moment, with any challenge, and that they're going to be there to support you, to um, give you a listening ear, to maybe even uh, do something for you? Um, hopefully, we all have someone like that in our lives, or maybe even we're lucky enough to have a few people like that in our lives. Um, but people that can be there for us in our darkest hour, people that can, um, that we know we can just count on, those are great people to have in our lives uh, and surround ourselves with, especially in times where our mental health may be struggling, that we know we can reach out to them. I know I had a situation recently that came up, um, and that was sort of like one of the things that was mentioned by them was just that, you know, they, they appreciated the fact that they had friends that they could turn to, they could talk to, that they could count on. Um, and that that's definitely a value for us. So think about who your foxhole person is. Um, I know for me, 
I feel like I said, I have a couple people. I know my wife is one of them. I'm lucky enough that she is one. And I think I, I would say my brother, um, Justin is a foxhole person. You know, he, I just know like he would do anything, you know, for, for me if I ever needed it. Sometimes other people know that he's that person for him too. And, and maybe take advantage of that. And, uh, but that's just the person that he is. Um, so it's good to have those people in your life. It's good to, to know that they're there and that you can count on them and rely on them for, for whatever. So surround yourself with good people. That's the second one. Number three, learn how to deal with stress. That again, that one may seem obvious. It may seem like it's a no brainer. Um, but you know, sometimes we maybe struggle to deal with stress. So whether it's having good coping skills via exercise, going on walks in nature or just out smiling, laughing. I think sometimes we look at laughing or laughter as sometimes it's maybe not necessarily it's a negative, but I think we look at it in terms of that maybe it's an avoidant behavior. Like if we're laughing about stuff, then we're kind of distracting ourselves away from pain or whatever. But again, another important fact, laughter actually can boost your immune system, ease pain and relax your body and help you to cope with, with stress. So laughter is a good thing. It's not always a negative. I don't think it's ever negative, but it, I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily something that we utilize to avoid things. It's just something to help us cope, to ease pain, uh, to challenge or not to challenge, to just allow yourself to be more comfortable in difficult times. I know, um, I put a couple of things, maybe, yeah, I think I put a couple of things on Facebook, been watching the, um, the finale of this is us. And, uh, the last few episodes have really been a kicker for me because the, the episodes right now are about just basically watching their mom, you know, get Alzheimer's and age and get older and pass away. And there's just been some really reflective moments for me is, you know, losing my mom this last year and kind of going through a similar process and just kind of knowing that when she got cancer again, that this would probably be the thing that would, would take her life and just going through those different moments. But I really felt good about something is, you know, the family kind of gathered in the last few days of the, the mom's life and they just kind of sat around and you know, talked and joked and laughed. And, um, I gotta tell you, it made me, it made, it warmed my heart because I just felt like, you know, we had two or three days like that in the hospital with my mom's last few days of her life. And, you know, I think at times maybe it got looked at as a little bit like what's going on in there, but, but ultimately that's how we went through that difficult time with those difficult emotions and not like we were avoiding them, but the laughter and just the enjoyment with each other made that situation less stressful, made it more manageable and, you know, and just helped us, I think, connect with that time. And like I said, seeing that those episodes, I was just like, you know what, here's a shout out to my brothers. We did that right. You know, that was a good thing. And that was more of a way to honor our mom than maybe we thought. So maybe a little side note there on that, but I just think laughter is a valuable thing and it's valuable for our mental health. And if we haven't laughed in a while, and if we haven't taken the opportunity to laugh, uh, maybe we need to, to try and do that. So, so that's number three, number four, 
um, set some realistic goals. And, um, you know, I think the important thing about goals is we always hear about goals and kind of, Hey, set some goals, do this. But I think there's a book called Deliberated Mind. And one of the things it talks about in that book is that, you know, it's important to set goals that are not just based on social pressures or societal kind of norms and stuff, but that we set our goals based on our values. And, you know, because if we base, if we set goals based on our values, that's more about who we are, or who we want to be and what's important to us. And they have a more lasting power in us when we set goals around our values and so just think about that next time you're trying to set some goals. Are these things that I feel like I need to set or that would be, you know, that, that are more, again, from the pressure side of things? Because I, I actually had this conversation with a client last night and we were talking about it and he was set, like talking about some physical fitness goals and was like, yeah, I want to run an eight minute mile. You know, I want to be able to run an eight minute mile. And I just said, you know, like, again, from a value standpoint, that, that goal sounds like it's got more pressure in it more like I need to be able to do this versus like, what's a value? Well, I want to just be a healthy person. Okay. So then can a healthy person just set a goal to exercise more frequently, to, to run more, to do more, uh, to be better at being outside or wherever it may be. And it's like, yeah, that, that, that works. It's like, okay, so set that goal more in that reference rather than from the place of like, it's got to be an eight minute mile. It just right now, just set it for some, because what happens if you go out running for a few weeks or a month or whatever, and you're not even close to that, are you going to give up on that? But if you are going out frequently to exercise and that's your goal, cause you want to be a healthier person, it's probably a lot easier to get that goal than maybe just the eight minute mile goal. So set goals, do it with your values in mind rather than just a social pressure or societal kind of type mindset. Uh, number five, is get help when you need it. I don't know how many times this issue comes up, uh, but I wished that we could really get over that hurdle of that barrier that we put maybe in our own way of getting help when we need it. Seeking help is a sign of strength, not weakness. People who get appropriate care can recover. They can be, get better with their mental illness or their addiction or whatever it may be. So we just have to get that out of our heads. It's not a weakness. It's okay to, to reach out, to get help. It doesn't always have to be a long-term thing. Maybe it's just a short-term struggle that you're going through, but trust me, it is beneficial and it is helpful. And like I said, it just like getting rid of the shame that goes along with that. I mean, I feel we've come a long way, especially in the last couple of years with the notion of the stigma around mental health, but it's still there. It still exists. I think we still feel bad. We still feel some shame if we have to accept some help or even if maybe a family member, that's another place. It's like, well, maybe I haven't been a good enough parent or my teen is having trouble and they need to see somebody. And it's like, you know what, again, sometimes we just, uh, life is just going to be hard and we're going to have challenges. And so it's okay if our kids need help beyond us. It's okay that um, if we're struggling and we need help. So letting go of the shame around it, letting go of that sense of failure or not good enough or whatever it may be that holds us back from getting help, but just seeking help when you need it. That is a critical aspect. And so those are the five things I was thinking about. And so um, those are five important tools for, for improving our mental health and, and being better with that. But there's one other aspect I wanted to just mention, and this, I kind of think I talked about this just briefly, and this kind of came to mind when I 
made my last trip to Vegas and was seeing some clients there and it'd been, it's been on my mind and I use this, this word with several clients, but I think it really fits into the notion of helping our mental health and being better with it. And that's just the concept of humanness. I think we need to be better at just accepting our own humanness and to be more kind to ourselves, uh, as well as I guess accepting the humanness of others too. Um, you know, whether that's just recognizing or understanding that our thoughts and our actions are not always going to be perfect. You know, we're going to mess up and we have to just be able to give space for that, to learn from it, not to punish ourselves for it if we're not perfect or if we mess up or if we have a thought that maybe seems terrible. Um, you know, I had a client recently too, that was struggling with that, just some of the thoughts that she had. And I just, you know, let her know that, Hey, that's just being human. That's just, it doesn't mean that, that you're going to act on that. It doesn't mean that you're going to do that, but it's hard in that situation that she was going through to not think that those thoughts might not creep in or they might not be a part of it. But again, that's just a part of our humanness. And so our ability to be more kind to ourselves when those things happen and not be so judgmental of even our own selves, um, but allow for that humanness to be a part of it because the reality is, is life can be really, really hard sometimes. And it's not always because we choose it or make decisions that bring that on. It just can be. Um, so allowing yourself some grace and some humanness, I think, is something that we can all do more of. And I know that as you do that, your well-being and your mental health will greatly benefit from it. So I hope that's something you can definitely take away from today's episode is just allow yourself to experience that sense of humanness more and to be okay with it. Um, because I do think that, um, as we give that ourselves that grace, that our well-being and like I said, our mental health will, will, will benefit from it. And then in addition, the other five things I talked about, uh, for our mental health. So it is mental health awareness month, like I said, so I hope that we are mindful of those around us, mindful of those who may be struggling and maybe just reach out to them let them know it's okay. Let them know that they can get help. Um, or again, if we're the ones that are struggling, it's okay to reach out and get some help. So this is Vegas Therapist signing off until next time.